Let's pray. Father, we do bless your name. How great you are. How faithful you are. How true you are. And Father, we just um, want to invite you to have your way in this place today. Father, speak to our hearts. Uh, Let your word be quickened within us. Change us and make us into the likeness of Christ. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Esther was a Jewish girl who lived in captivity, and God arranged that she should be taken into the harem of the king of Persia. A plot was discovered by a wicked man named Haman to kill the Jews, and Esther goes at risk of her own life to the king, arranges for some banquets, and she pleads for her life and for her people, and God uses her to bring deliverance to all the people of Israel throughout the realm. Fast forward, and there's a man named Ananias who is called to go pray for a persecutor of the church by the name of Saul of Tarsus. He's been blinded by a light uh, and needs someone to pray and encourage him. Ananias, a little bit nervous, but he goes and he obeys God. He prays for Saul's sight to be restored, and of course it was. And Paul, also known as Saul, became the great missionary who founded the church across Europe. And uh, in the Middle East. And what, what an amazing story. These people, Esther, Ananias, whether in, in Esther it was on a national scale, uh, the scale across the empire. On Ananias scale, it was just something ordinary. Someone going to pray for someone else. In both cases, God used the fulfillment of his call upon the lives of people to make a difference. And God is still doing that today. And you and I need to have our ears open and our hearts ready to be used by God to fulfill the high calling. Why is it a high calling? Because there's no greater calling than the calling from the Lord to fulfill his purpose. Um, Paul writes of this, and he's giving himself as an example, and he's encouraging the Philippians to follow his example. Uh, and and he's, he's been talking about identifying with Christ's death so that he can also identify and partake in the power of Christ's resurrection. <clears throat> he says, I, I haven't attained this completely, but he says, I am going for it. I am living all out to fulfill the purpose of God for my life. And he says, I want you to know I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I'm pressing toward the mark. I am fulfilling God's plan. And he encourages them to do the same. You know, we can think of victories in the past. Some people live in the victories of the past. We're not to live in the victories of the past. Uh, praise God for them, but, but God's got new things to do. Did you know the Bible says that all of our days were written in God's book before one of them came to be? You know what that tells me? Every single day that we take a breath is filled with potential and purpose and opportunity to fulfill the will and purpose of God. You see, God 
has set us apart for his purpose. I can't think of anything more exciting than that. We have been put here to make a difference. Uh, we had a lady in this church who uh, years ago uh, went into the hospital and with a stroke and then went to the nursing home. And I can remember her struggling, saying, I don't know what God's purpose is for me. Here I am in this nursing home. I just want to go home and be with Jesus. And, uh, and she was struggling. And, but uh, I went over to see her one day, and, and, and she, this lady came over, and uh, uh, she was kind to her. And I saw that lady's face light up, and I thought, you know what? God's got her here for a reason. She is fulfilling the purpose of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you, if you're taking a breath, you can fulfill the purpose of God. You can pray, you can be obedient to the purpose that God has for your life. That's what God has called us to do, and that's what we need to do uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. The title of my message is Fulfilling the Highest Calling. And let's look at verse 12. Not that I have already reached the goal or am already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let all of us who are mature think in this way, and if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. So fulfilling the highest calling, how do we do it? Well, first of all, we need to perceive it. We need to perceive the calling God has on our lives. Paul says in verse 14, I pursue as my goal. If you've got King James, it says the mark. Uh, This is what God has set apart for us to do. Now, in some cases, uh, that may be just what God has set apart for you to do today, right? Because guess what? God may have something for you today uh, that may not be a part of his ultimate calling upon your life. It's just something he wants you to do. And so we've got to be open to those daily promptings of the Spirit, those daily opportunities God gives us to serve him. But also, there are times where God begins to let us know. Uh, I think if you are active in serving Christ, eventually you're going to kind of find where your niche is, how God has gifted you. What, uh, when you find God's calling, it's going to be something that energizes you, that uh, excites you. It's going to be something you have some gifts in. Um, and uh, it's going to be something that meets a need of the body of Christ. Um, and so uh, as you serve God faithfully, and sometimes, you know, when you first start off as a new Christian, a lot of times you just serve, you see an opportunity, there's something to do, and so you do it. Uh, or, or perhaps there's something that's attractive to you. So you say, oh, I think I'd like to do that, and you get involved in that. But if you continue faithfully, God is going to begin, as you grow in Him, He's going to begin to narrow that focus, I think, and show you where the sweet spot of your giftedness is. And then you will be able to be used more effectively uh, than ever. Uh, and so uh, we've got to identify that. And, of course, it's not really uh, up to us. That's up to God, right? He, he's the one who tells us what he wants us to do, uh, either through his spirit, through his word, uh, and in some cases through a call. Uh, but we need to be open to that. 
Are you open each day that you live to say yes to God and to let God use you? Um, there have been times I haven't been open. There have been times I have been open. You know, and, and I, it, it grieves me to think of those times that I haven't been open and what opportunities have been missed. But those times that I have been open, it excites me to think about what God could have done because we really just don't know, do we? We don't know what God's doing. I remember when I was in high school, I'd, uh, I, I was out in the hallway, and uh, I came across this guy I knew, and we had about a two-minute conversation, and I mentioned something about Jesus to him, and it was very brief, so brief that I forgot, really, I knew we talked about Jesus, but I didn't really remember much more than that. Uh, about eight months passed, and we were passing around yearbooks, and he wrote in my yearbook, thank you for the talks we've had about God. Two-minute conversation, in passing, in the hall. But God had touched his heart. I'm not really even sure how he touched his heart. <laughs> it's a mystery to me. But he did. Isn't it exciting to think about what God may have done through our obedience? But isn't it even more exciting to think about what God will do as we are obedient to him? So we've got to identify uh, that call in our lives. Some things we don't have to think about. You know, God has told us some things, right? Uh, we're to be kind to people. We're to show love to people. Uh, we're to tell, share the gospel with people. I mean, there's some things that God has told us to do. Um, but, uh, but we also need to be open to those specific things. All right, so fulfilling the, the highest calling, how do you do it? First of all, you need to perceive it. Secondly, pursue it. Pursue it. I love this. Verse 12. Not that I have already reached the goal. You know what that tells me? You're not going to reach the goal, and I'm not going to reach the goal either. Paul wasn't perfect, and neither are we. But thank God for his grace. Aren't you glad for the grace of God? He says, I've not attained it. I've not reached it. I'm not perfect. But I make every effort to take hold of it. Every effort to take hold of it. I'm pursuing it. I'm pursuing it. The high call of God. Now, you say, well, how can you pursue it if you don't know what it is? Well, we do know some things God's called us to, don't we? Has God called you to have regular time with Him? Absolutely. Has God called you to grow in your Christian walk? Absolutely. If you don't know Jesus, God's called you to be saved. That's something you could take to the bank. That's the call of God upon your life. Today is the day of salvation. So there are some things we don't, we don't have to know, the, know that because God's told us that in his word. We can pursue the things we know to pursue until God gives us more information. But when those times come, you know, I, I think about Esther. And, and there's a whole lot we don't know about Esther. But... Uh, the purpose of her life wasn't made clear to her until all of these events and details happened that put her in the spot she was to be in at the time she was to be in it. And her uncle said, hey, perhaps God put you here for such a time as this. And she was obedient to God and fulfilled the greatest purpose of her life. She probably didn't know that when she was a teenager. I, I kind of doubt God said, yeah, someday you're going to be the queen. I don't think she knew that. I, I don't even think she knew when she was taken to the harem. It may have been traumatic for her. Here's a Jewish girl taken into a pagan king's harem. 
That may have been traumatic for her. I don't know. The Bible doesn't really tell us a lot of details about it. But what I do know is that when the time came, God let her know what she needed to do. Um, Sometimes, though, God will give you a call to a specific area of service. He'll just give you, sometimes it's through a burden. Um, my pastor, when I was growing up, uh, uh, he, was, he was talking to my brother one day, and he, he said, uh, listen, when, uh, when, when somebody comes to me with a, with a burden for something I need to do, I'm going to say, okay, we'll do it, but you're going to be in charge of it. What? what? Uh, yeah, because if God's given you the burden for it, then he means for you to do it. See, sometimes God gives us a passion, uh, uh, just a concern, a burden that weighs upon our hearts, and that is because He wants us to take action to fulfill the need. Okay? Uh, Sometimes God gives clear direction, and you just sense, this is what I'm supposed to do. I remember when God called me to preach, I I had said I will never be a preacher. Well, God had begun to open my heart up a little bit to the idea, but I told God, I said, Lord, I don't want to do this unless I know it's your will. I don't want to step into this outside of your will. Would you please make it clear to me? And, and the Lord did. He, he made it clear. I knew. By the time I was through with that session, I had taken some unhurried time with God, and I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. So when he does do that, then you need to pursue it. You need to pursue, get experience, get, uh, learn, grow, uh, so that God can use you more effectively. Uh, of course, he, he can even use us when we're not prepared. Uh, but but uh, preparation is not a bad thing. It is something that will help us. Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved to God. A workman needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He said to Timothy, watch your life and doctrine closely so you could save both yourself and your hearers. Um, he, he told Timothy some things to look out for. So there's, there was to be a pursuit. He says, fan into flame the gift that God has given you. You see, he wasn't just to sit on his blessed assurance. He was to get active and to grow and to get experience and continue to do these things uh, and, and improve in these things so that he could be more effective. So <clears throat> you pursue it. Uh, and like I say, if you don't yet know a, a specific course of life, then just pursue getting close to God and becoming a better Christian, becoming a righteous Christian. And I'm going to tell you something. God's going to use you because you'll shine like a light if you're walking with Jesus. Um, so... <clears throat> Fulfilling God's highest calling, first of all, perceive it. Secondly, pursue it. Thirdly, value it. Now, uh, he says, I, I make, verse, verse 12, I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also been taken hold of by Christ. You could translate the Greek something like, upon which I have been taken hold of by Christ. In other words, Jesus saved me for this purpose. You say, well, I thought Jesus died to save us from sin. Yes, he did. But Jesus also died so you could fulfill your purpose. You know, I couldn't fulfill my purpose, and you couldn't fulfill your purpose were it not for Jesus. I've been accepted because of the grace of God in my Savior. I've been forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed my sin. I've been empowered 
His resurrection power has been poured into my life through His Holy Spirit. Listen, no, no part of my purpose would be possible were it not for Jesus Christ. But what he's saying here is not only does he redeem us, but he has in mind, at the time he saves us, the purposes he has for us to fulfill. He says, I'm striving to take hold of this for which Christ took hold of me. I have a purpose. How, how important is that purpose? Christ died so that I could fulfill it. That's an important purpose. So value it. Did you know every person in this building is different? God doesn't make cookie-cutter Christians. He gives you unique gifts. He gives you unique desires and, and, and likes and dislikes and so forth and so on. Uh, he's made you as an individual, and he has a unique purpose for you to fulfill. Don't look at somebody else and think, well, boy, I wish I was like old so-and-so over here because uh, look at what God's doing in their life, and look at, look at what they're doing. No, you be the person God has created you to be. And let the Holy Spirit of God live through you. And I'm going to tell you something. You may, not do, you may do something in the background of this church. People may not know who you are or at least not know what you're doing. And, um, but Christ knows. And you can have an impact for Christ just being who you are. And you can be the best you you can be. I, uh, I remember Peter. You remember Peter? Uh, Jesus says, do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep. You know, and he's, he's having this discussion with him. And um, finally, Peter's looking over at John. He says, well, what about him? Jesus says, what's that to you? You fulfill the purpose I've given to you, right? Guess what? God's not going to hold you responsible to fulfill my purpose. He's not going to hold me responsible to fulfill your purpose. God gives us each a unique purpose to fulfill. And he creates us. He custom designs us for his purpose. Uh, I've got some friends, and, and uh, one of them works at um, a special auto body shop that does exotic cars. Everything is custom designed. I mean, those things are sweet. Every time I see them, I'm asking, what car are you working on right now? You know, I just think it's neat. Uh, those things are custom designed. Why? Because you put extra care into what's custom designed. What's custom design has unique abilities that not, everybody, not every other car has. Uh, it's customized for a purpose. It might be racing. It might be luxury. Uh, but it is customized. And so God has customized you for his purpose. You need to value that. You fulfill a role in this church. You may not realize it. You fulfill a role in this church that nobody else can fulfill. That means you need to be here. So you can fulfill it, right? Because you can't fulfill it if you're not here. Uh, it means you need to be willing to use those gifts that God has given you. Uh, God may use you in what you say. He may use you in the service that you offer. But he has designed you to be used. And so make sure you value that. And, uh, and don't try to be somebody else. Be the best you that you can be through the power of the Holy Spirit. And let him live his life through you. So... Um, Fulfilling the highest calling, perceive it, pursue it, value it. Next, anticipate it. 
Verse 13. I love this. Forgetting what is behind. I'm just going to camp right there for a second before I get to the stretching out to what's before. Sometimes we just need to forget what's behind. Some of you, the devil is eating your lunch because he's reminding you of what you've done in your past. You need to forget it and move on. If you know Jesus Christ, it's under the blood. Can I tell you? It's buried in the sea of forgetfulness. It's as far as the east is from the west. You confessed it. Can I tell you something? It's not an issue. God's not making it an issue. Forget it and move on. What have you done in yesteryear? Well, that may be great, but forget it and move on. God's got something for you to do. If you're taking a breath, God's got a purpose for you. Forgetting what is behind. What did Paul have behind him? <laughs> Talk about accomplishments. I mean, he's planting all these churches. God's working and moving through his life in such a profound way. All of these people are being saved. He's not saying, hey, let me tell you how many people I saved. Of course, we can't save anybody, can we? But, you know, there are some people, they're all focused about what they've done in the past. Listen, I pray, we need to rejoice when people come to Christ. I'm not saying we shouldn't rejoice. But can I tell you something? Don't dwell in the past. Forget it and move on. God's got new things for you to do. Anticipate it. I love this. Forget what is behind and I reach forward. I strain forward to what is ahead. If you've ever watched uh, runners run a race, you see how they'll lean forward to try to get, catch the tape first, right? That's kind of the idea here. We're leaning forward to what Christ has next. What could Christ do through me today? What could Christ do through you today? How exciting is that to think about? Stretch forward to it. Anticipate it. Be excited about it. Listen. You may have weakness. You may have things holding you back. But can I tell you something? It doesn't matter. Because the one who is with you is greater. I love when, when God appears to Gideon. Gideon is hiding out from the Midianites in a, in a wine press. I mean, if you were a military strategist, you wouldn't go looking for the guy who's hiding, quivering in a, in a wine press. You'd go looking for the bold person, the strong person. God goes to Gideon. He says, the angel, God's got a sense of humor. You, you know he does. Because he says, hail mighty man of valor. <laughs> but by the same token, God looked at him not as he was, but as what he could be in God's strength. And Gideon says, hey, who am I? I'm the least in my father's house. We're in the least family, in the least tribe. We're nobodies. How could I ever be used for God's purpose? And he says, God, God's going to use you. You see, Gideon was willing to obey. And see, that's where, that's where it hits. When you're willing to obey, the power of God enters your situation. Some people never know the power of God because they're unwilling to obey. They're unwilling to take that first step. If you'll take that first step, can I tell you something? Christ will meet you where you are as you step out in faith for him. Gideon did. And he and 300 men, really they didn't do it. They just kind of, they, they, 
smashed some pots and held up some torches and yelled. That's all they did. Okay, but God won the victory through them. Why? Gideon was willing to obey. It didn't matter how small he was. It didn't matter how insignificant he was. It didn't matter how weak he was. God had called his name and he said, I will go. And God entered into Gideon's situation and delivered them from this mighty enemy that they were facing. Throughout the story, they're talking about the hosts of Midian, the hosts of Midian, the hosts of Midian. And finally, when Gideon obeys God, they talk about the hosts of Yahweh, Jehovah God, the hosts of Yahweh. What's the point? The point is, when Gideon obeyed God, the hosts of heaven begin to work in them. Sometimes we look at everything around us. He's, what, what are we going to do? It looks like the light is growing dimmer and the darkness is growing stronger. What are we going to do? How can we deal with this? Can I tell you something? As we are obedient to God, His power is greater than any power of this world. And we can see Him winning victories in and through our lives. So anticipate the work that God has for you to do. And I love what he says in verse 14. He says, I pursue as my goal the prize. The prize. Fulfilling God's highest calling. How do you do it? Perceive it. Pursue it. Value it. Anticipate it. Win it. Win it. You're in the fight to win it. Now, you're not fighting against somebody, somebody else in this body, okay? Sometimes Christians, well, you know, am I trying to one-up somebody else in the church? No. Your purpose and their purpose is different. You, you're responsible to fulfill your purpose, but the fight is against yourself. You, you, you're fighting to fulfill the highest calling God has on your life, to win it. Fight to win, right? You get in a boxing match, you, you, you don't need to just be there to exist, okay? You need to fight to win. If you're in a race, you don't spend all that time training just to be there. You spend your time there to win it. The people of Israel were under judgment. And God told David in order for the plague to stop, he needed to offer a sacrifice. And so David goes to offer a sacrifice, and Arana uh, comes and says, Hey, I'll provide the sacrifices uh, that, so you can sacrifice to God. And David said, No. He said, I will not offer a sacrifice to God that costs me nothing. David says, what kind of sacrifice is that if it doesn't cost me? Many Christians are unwilling to pay a price to follow Jesus. They want a Christianity that costs them nothing. They don't want to serve God. They don't want to give. They don't want to sacrifice for the sake of Christ. They just want to sit on their blessed assurance. We're not called just to exist. We're called to win.
And part of that, I think, means to do what we do for God the best we can possibly do it. To give him a sacrifice that honors him and that glorifies his name. He's worthy of it, isn't he? <laughs> Jesus died for my sin so I could be forgiven. He took my sin upon himself. He was separated from God so I could have access to God. He took the wrath and judgment that I deserve so that I could receive mercy. He ripped the veil in two on my behalf. I want to give him the very best that I can give him. So we run the race to win it. Paul says, I'm, I'm in it for the prize. I want to win. Later on, Paul was writing Timothy, and he said these words. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I'm getting the prize. That's what I want to be able to say when I get to the end of my life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Are you running to win? Listen, God's going to give us rewards for the things we do here for him. But if you want crowns to cast at the feet of Jesus, you need to run to win. And uh, this, is what, this is what Paul and what the Lord is calling us to do. Fulfilling the highest calling. What a privilege to be able to serve Jesus. Listen, I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You may be sweeping floors. You may be uh, providing a word of encouragement. You may be showing mercy. You may be providing leadership. You may be teaching. It doesn't matter what you're doing. But as you do it to the glory of God, God's going to reward you. Do it to win. If you're sweeping a floor, do it to win. <laughs> uh, if you're providing a word of encouragement, have your antenna ready to share as God leads you. And do it with all your heart for God. See, we're not called to half-hearted service. We're called to worship. Did you know worship isn't just what we do on Sunday? Worship is a service we give to God every single day we take a breath. When I get up, I want, let the, as David said, he said, let the words of my mouth, let the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. You heard, we bring the sacrifice of praise. We did that a little bit earlier, didn't we? <clears throat> Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you work in the workplace, you need to, you, you ought to be the best employee that your boss has as a child of God. You need to do it to glorify God. You're not working primarily for that person. You're working for God. Uh, what you do in, in school, you're not just doing school uh, to, to get a report card or to impress the teacher. You're doing school for the glory of God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. So the highest calling 
is a lifestyle. And sometimes there'll be specific leadership that God gives us to follow. Uh, but whatever we do, we need to do to the glory of God. So, Paul says, uh, whoever's mature, let him think this way about their life. Uh, he said, but if you, don't, if you don't, he says, God will help you with this. Um, <clears throat> he says, uh, if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this to you. So, God will help you with it. If you're struggling, you say, hey, I'm, I'm not there. Good news, God will help you with it. Okay? Uh, you just need to be willing to be helped. So, uh, fulfilling the highest calling... How you perceive it, pursue it, value it, anticipate it, and win it. Uh, all to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us, Father, to live with a heart that desires to bring glory to you. And everything we say and what's on our minds and what we're thinking about and what we're doing. Uh, Lord, let our lives bring glory to you. And Lord, let us be listening and, and watching for those opportunities you have for us to serve, to provide encouragement or whatever the case may be. And Father, there may be somebody here today that is being called into ministry or uh, who is who's being called to some kind of a, a lay service. Uh, um, but God, I pray that whatever you are putting on the hearts of your people here today, that we would respond to you and we would say yes to you. Uh, so that your power can enter the situation and help us accomplish what you'd have for us. Help us, Father, to run with zeal, to stretch out for what is before us, Father, to run in faith, to run with expectation, and to run with passion the race that you've put before us to run. All to the glory of your great name. And we pray it in Jesus' name.